If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to One on One with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Gas prices remain sky high across the country. So what is going on here? And is there any hope that we will see gas prices come down anytime soon? Could these high gas prices actually be the flashpoint for electric vehicles to really jump into the market like never before? For this conversation, we caught up with Dr. Scott Jackson, visiting professor of chemical engineering at Villanova University. He has decades of experience in the petroleum industry. Check it out. So... What's going on here? We've had sky-high gas prices, the highest on record, and they've hung around for weeks, if not months. You know, I am sure it is not just one thing, but give us an idea here what we're dealing with. So there's multiple things that are interplaying. One is the invasion of Ukraine and the subsequent, basically everybody saying we don't want to use Russian oil and Russian natural gas. Okay. And so that's caused markets to go crazy. And the second thing, is that despite the high price of oil, multiple entities are choosing not to produce more oil. It's like, what's going on? So, so once you break $100 a barrel oil, that's sort of a psychological barrier, people are going to say, wow, can we get more oil out of the ground? Okay. So OPEC is one of them, that one entity, particularly the Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates are two countries that we know have excess capacity. They literally can turn it on and off. The other countries, not so much. They have chosen to not necessarily increase their production, which is like, oh, driving everybody crazy. At the same time, the swing producer has been sort of the United States, specifically shale oil in the Permian Basin in in Texas. And they were producing a tremendous amount of oil uh, before the COVID. And they were losing their shirts because the price of oil was around $65 a barrel, something like that. And they weren't, they were just barely making their margins. And once COVID hit, a number went under, they were bought out, and uh, drilling activity almost stopped. And the Permian Basin, although they were continuing to produce oil out of existing wells, they weren't drilling any uh, new uh, wells. So what has happened now? We, we've hit 100, 110 dollars a barrel. And you say, oh, well, Americans are kind of come to the rescue. They're going to drill the heck out of the Permian. There's there's incredible amounts of oil down there. We know how to get it. And the the Saudi Arabians know that we know how to get it. So at this high a price, it's like the Saudis are saying, hey, yeah, go ahead, have it. Okay. So what are the dominoes that start to fall after that? Well, what's going on is a number of countries actually are probably hitting what's called peak oil. That is, they can't produce any more oil unless they discover new fields. And without discovering new fields in their countries, they aren't going to be able to increase their production. The other factor that's in here, which is really interesting, is that there was a refining capacity in Russia. Now we're saying, oh, we don't want any Russian oil or any Russian gasoline or refined products. So that's been taken off the table. All of a sudden, your basically the amount of gasoline that's out there that can be produced 
has dropped because everybody's saying, we don't want Russian gasoline. And all of a sudden, which is really strange about the market, the refiners here in the United States are, are, are just cranking out the gasoline as much. Inventories are down. Price of gasoline is going up much more than what you would anticipate based on the price of oil. Well, that's because refining capacity has actually been limited because the Russians aren't allowed to actually ship their refined products. Now, that's a sort of a simplification because some of the refined products are being shipped out. No problem. India is actually taking a lot of crude oil from from Russia, refining it. And, And by the way, India, it's a big discount from the crude oil from Russia. And they're selling uh, the refined products, and they're making a boatload of money, I can tell you that. So very, very interesting dynamics. And it all comes down to supply and demand, both supply and demand for crude oil, which sets the crude oil price, and supply and demand for, for refined products, particularly gasoline. And that's really why the gasoline prices seems to be out of step with crude oil prices, because I would not have anticipated the gasoline prices would be approaching $5 a, a gallon, which is, is right now. But that's because, again, gasoline is traded just like petroleum is on a world market. Have we peaked, do you think, when it comes specifically to gas prices? Do you think they'll get worse as we get into the summer vacation season? Or have we hit the ceiling? I'll look in my crystal ball. It might be pretty cloudy. I'm guessing it's going to go up a little bit further. I think the demand for gasoline has has surprised people how quickly demand has come back. And, and the fact that there's this interplay with refining capacity, particularly world refining capacity. So I'm guessing, and, and people are going to die when they hear this, it, it'll probably go over $5 a, a barrel pretty quickly, maybe reach mid fives. I mean, obviously in, in, in California, it's already hitting six. I know it's, it's really hurting people that, that are, are really going month to month on their, their bills. But but there's a lot of people out there that are still riding off their the savings that they got during the COVID, and they just decided I'm going to get out and start driving. I would suspect that if the war in Ukraine were somehow stopped and things became more normal, there still would be probably a uh, stoppage of using uh, Russian oil, a boycott of that. It, it will moderate somewhat, but I'll tell you, the, the whole world economic situation, the social, the geopolitical situation in, in Ukraine, it's not uh, helping at all. You know, the, the market is driven by two things, supply and demand, and then emotions. And those things are at play right now. Uh, and the volatility, it really shows the emotions taking over in many cases. I'd like to think that it's it's not going to go over five, but but you know if you look at the situation, it's going to go over five. President Biden released uh, oil from the Strategic Reserve, and I think it was an ongoing; it wasn't just a one time. To the layman, that didn't seem to do anything. Like you know, it it seemed like a significant move, and prices have just gone up from there. Did it help at all? Is there anything from a policy standpoint more that can be done? First of all, it did help somewhat. So when the oil reserve was released, and they actually did it on a time frame, so they're actually going to release quite a bit of oil. The price of oil did moderate down. It actually uh, hit, came back to about $100 a barrel, something like that. And I said, oh, that's great. But you didn't see that reflected in the gasoline prices. It's like, what's going on? And then it's like, oh, of course, refining capacity has been hit. So, so even though that helped with the crude oil prices, 
The fact of the matter is the summer switchover gasoline, the fact that the Russian refining capacity is, is sort of being taken off the table. And the demand for gasoline is up because the driving season is, is hitting us pretty hard. That's all causing the gasoline prices to continue to go on up. Now, of course, been an additional, it's up to $120, $110, $120 a barrel for oil. So I'm not certain why that is. But if there had been no release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, we'd probably be looking at about $130 to $140 a barrel. So, so it did have an impact. The fact matters, there's other factors that really didn't cause that to translate into the, the gasoline prices, unfortunately. Is there something from a refinery standpoint that we can do to increase the capacity? Is there things that I don't think there's much the government can do other than, you know, ask nicely. But from a, you know, company standpoint, are there things that are dormant that we could, you know, get cooking or are we pretty much it is what it is? I think they're pretty much maxed out. The other thing that they're doing, too, is because all of a sudden air travel has taken off, pardon the pun. So the refineries have to you know, change their mix as there's more demand for essentially aircraft fuel. That actually takes away from what they can make for gasoline. And so all of a sudden, there's, there's, they really are strapped for producing these fuels for, for energy uses for, for both gasoline, for, for uh, transportation, for uh, uh, cars and trucks, diesel for trucks. Oh, my gosh. Diesel costs. All oh, those guys are just got to be hurting, right? And that's going to be translating into the cost for, for our consumables, right? And then for, for airlines. And, and the airline ticket prices are going up. And that's all because of jet fuel. We need to take a break. We will have more with Scott Jackson of Villanova University right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. It's time to continue our conversation with Dr. Scott Jackson of Villanova University talking gas prices. You know, we're getting into the hurricane season and a serious hurricane in the Gulf. That would be catastrophic, any kind of a hiccup in refinery capacity because of a storm or something, right? So yes, there are some big refineries. I mean, world, I mean, huge world-class refineries just outside of, in the Houston uh, ship channel. If you ever go down there and you go along the, the coast there, you'll, you'll end up going over some bridges that, that look out over the ship channel. And you can see at night, it's really beautiful. You can see these towers out there and they're all illuminated. It actually, in some strange way, it's really pretty. Those are huge refineries. If they got a direct hit from a category four or five hurricane, they would be shut down for a while. Now, I will tell you that they have been weatherized. So they are designed because they know the possibility of getting hit by a hurricane. But the fact of the matter is, if they get hit, despite the fact about the weatherization, they will be down for at least a week or two. And then, then the emotion kicks in. Oh, my God, we're going to go to hell because we're going to lose all our gasoline, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's only like a one or two week hit, but boy, that's going to drive uh, prices crazy and, and the market's going to cr go crazy. It's interesting right now. So when the price of oil is really high as it is now, the people getting the oil out of the ground are making the money. The refiners, on the other hand, are actually sort of squeezed. So their margins are really small because their second primary cost is energy and also the crude oils, the first primary cost, right? And, and so they're sort of squeezed. That's not happening now. 
both ends, the upstream and the downstream, upstream being the oil producers, downstream being refiners, are actually doing very well. And so it's a really different dynamic, and it's all because of the refining capacity situation. There's such demand for refined products that some, some of the refining capacity has been taken off the table. All of a sudden, boom, both ends are making money right now, which I had would never have anticipated. It's a really strange scenario, and it's not good for consumers, unfortunately. To that point, you know, I've read, and this is just kind of not understanding a lot about how the sausage is made, but you're hearing a lot of companies that are talking record profits and the shareholders are doing great. I mean, is it as gross as it sounds to me as the average person that all these companies are, you know, stock buybacks and, and everything, and here people are getting you know, what used to get them six gallons of gasoline is now getting them a gallon and a half? Good question. Now, I, I, I'm not going to fault anybody for making money, but I, I will fault the producers because they're making so much money, they could easily invest in new capacity to moderate the cost of crude oil, which will then translate to, to gasoline. The fact of the matter is, the refining capacity in the United States right now is, is you, you really can't change that. That goes back to your original question. Is there anything you can do in refining? Short of building new units and, and existing refiners or building a whole new refineries, and that takes years to ha- for that to happen. No, there, there's not much they can do. They're, they're optimized out the wazoo to, to produce a certain suite of, of products, gasoline, jet fuels, diesel. And then as the season changes, as demand changes, they have to change that around, but they're sort of fixed as to what they can do. They, the, to put in new units, it takes literally a couple of years because it, they're, these are huge pieces of equipment, lots of energy that's needed, lots of permits, things like that, environmental impact statements. It's not easy to either build a new refinery or put in new units into an existing refinery. It's, it's just not going to happen. And the government really can't do much about it. I mean, it's all free market. It, it's right. interesting. Most people do not know this, but the price of gasoline was controlled up until the middle of the 70s. And that's when, shortly after that, that's when the Iranian revolution occurred and the price of gasoline went over a dollar a gallon. But those price controls were basically left over from, I believe, World War II, believe it or not. And, and that really doesn't encourage people to invest if you have price controls on refined products, because why should I put in new equipment when I'm, I know I'm, I'm not going to make much money on, on refined products? So that's, in fact, why some of the price controls were removed. And it's free market. That's great. But that, that means, too, that we're going to be subject to these swings in oil prices and, and it's, it's macroeconomics are taking control. And sometimes it does not make any sense to consumer. I, I can guarantee you that. And I am amazed at the swings that we've seen in, in both the price of oil and particularly the price of gasoline. Just amazing. Just amazing. Has the floor for gas prices been forever raised now? Has this been like a seismic forever kind of moving of the window to what is going to be normal? Or do you think we'll see, to your point, the war in Ukraine ends, there's some sort of normalization with Russian markets? new capacity is built, and all of a sudden, all these things that cascaded in one direction could cascade in the other. All right. So historically, oil industry has always been driven by boom and bust cycles. And you can see that going back 150 years. 
if I were to guess, I believe this is going to be this is a boom cycle, boom for the people that produce and, and refine oil products are going to make a lot of money. And they're just waiting for the bust to happen. Okay. That is, things are going to drop out. So I'll tell you, if if the Ukrainian situation were to take care of itself and all of a sudden there wouldn't be any any boycott of Russian oil, you would see, my opinion, the price of oil won't go back to 35, but probably around 60 or 55 dollars a barrel. Shale producer would stop uh, making shale, drilling any more shale wells. And all of a sudden, the price of gasoline would come back down to around you know, $3 a gallon. I think there's been enough inflation going on now that there is sort of a new floor, as you call it. There's not going to be deflation. If there is deflation going on, so that's the opposite of inflation, right? That means we're in a, a, a really bad recession and actually a depression. You do not want that. So we will have, and there's, we've been going through some significant inflation. Price of gasoline is going to sort of creep up consistent with a composite inflation rate. And so that means we're not going to ever go back to like $250 a gallon for gasoline. And I'm curious, you kind of, you referenced, you have an electric car and we have talked the last couple of years and about, you know, they've grown, they've grown. Could you and I, if we're sitting back on a deck 10 years from now talking, could we kind of look at this as the inflection point when hybrids, electric vehicles really busted into the mainstream because of what happened to gas prices this summer when we're looking back that summer? Absolutely. Matter of fact, pundits are already saying that. They're saying that this is the breakout year for electric vehicles. The problem is they just can't get enough of them. You, you have to wait six months to, to, for them. And I think a lot of people, they might be very attracted to electric cars because you can go buy the gas pump and say bye-bye, right? And, and there's this fear about how much of a range you can get, right? But the fact of the matter is, I think people are realizing, holy smokes, these are really nice vehicles. I mean. You'd start driving an electric car, and you realize it's instantaneous acceleration. I mean, so you drive along, put your foot on the gas, oh, there's no hesitation whatsoever. That is so nice. Then you go into an electric car or a gasoline car, put your foot on the and it starts accelerating it. It's like it's so annoying. You didn't realize what you had to live with before. It is so nice. that There's no question that this is an inflection point for electric vehicles. It still will take a long time to replace most of the gasoline-powered cars out there, but things are changing, and for the good. It's just a question, is it going to be done quickly enough? Um, and, and more importantly, the electricity that's being used in those electric vehicles, that has to go to some sort of renewable source, you know, either wind or solar or nuclear, believe it or not. I can't believe they're shutting down nuclear power plants in Pennsylvania, but it is what it is. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 